one thing we're going to see this year is major favor. We've got major favor coming down the road. Matter of fact, it's already started. Um, and uh, it, you've probably already experienced some of it, but you also experience uh, what it attracts as well. It's going to attract heaven. It's going to attract major good things, but it's also going to attract you to be a bit larger target for the enemy. Anytime you start saying, God, I want more favor, that means, God, I want to be a bigger target. Okay, praise the Lord. And, and, but I never knew that. When I was young and stupid, um, you know, I used to pray it all the time, and it's like I would get more persecution, more persecution. All these doors would open up, and man, it'd be awesome, and then all of a sudden the enemy would open up, and he would be awesome too against me. And I, I, I was always complaining, you know, when I'd get all this wonderful favor, and then I'd be like Elijah running and then getting in all this depression. Lord, why is all this happening to me? And then they'd have to send an angel to feed me like Bob Jones or somebody to try to get me up out of my stuff and start realizing what I've got. Y'all ever been there? Where you're getting all this wonderful favor, but then everything, it's like all the hell breaks loose in your life, and and you start focusing more on the hell stuff that's being unleashed instead of really the good stuff. Because you got to have both. Say, so i got to have both. So why rebuke it? you got to have positive and a negative in order to get there. you got to have a positive and a negative in order for the power to stay going in your life. If I was always happy in everything, I'd actually have a huge blind spot because I'd find myself wandering away from the Lord. A lot of times when negative things hit me, it gets me balanced to focus on the Lord and stay on that straight path, that highway of holiness with God. We need that kind of stuff. In this life, you're going to have many, much persecution. You're going to have many trials. But man... If you're having that kind of stuff, that means you're walking like Jesus. Take heed when people, men are saying great things about you. Also, with that favor this year, you're going to be tempted, be tempted with good things. Good things are the most evil things. That was one of the greatest temptations in the garden. It looked good, and it, it, she desired it. it, it even the, the knowledge that he sprung on her, it felt wonderful, it felt right, it felt scriptural, it felt just like God, and she took the bait of it, and she took the bait of good instead of God. And so we've, we've got to, in other words, we've, we've got to start getting more into prayer, more into having a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that we can discern when the enemy comes into our life and hands us a good thing instead of a perfect thing. I've already been tempted this year on good things, and uh, thank God um, it was part of the word that the Lord was trying to show me, but I almost thought it was the Lord and uh, almost took the bait of it. And uh, the Lord, thank God, the Holy Spirit, I'm always asking the Holy Spirit, and no, it doesn't matter what it is. Sometimes I'll wake up in the morning, I'm putting on a shirt, and I'm just this way. I'll just say, Holy Ghost, do you want me to wear this shirt? You know, I'm just that way. I like being, having details in my life. I like having him involved yeah. 
in everything I do. It's just a habit with me. Does that make sense? And if I can make it a habit to ask him certain things, certain details, then I can maybe get some help on anything that comes in my life, whether it be God or whether it be the enemy. But the good things this year will not be the God things. So just remember that. And it's going to sound like God. It's going to feel like God. It's going to be, ooh, shut up, and you're going to feel all the adrenaline, but it won't be the anointing. For a long time, we've been running on adrenaline instead of the presence. But man, we've got to get in the presence of God now. It's time. Say it's time. And, and I'm speaking this word, I can feel the presence even move in this room because it's an invitation that he has all of this presence for you. He wants you in the presence. So if you go after the presence, the presence will meet you and smack you right upside the lips. That's right. It's an invitation. I love good things. My flesh loves it. Come on. I love good things, but it never lasts, right? But I know the things that God puts in my life, it will last forever. It's still lasting forever. Some of the things that God put in my life, it's still going right now. I'm still walking those things out, and I'll continue to walk them out. But you go from glory to glory in those things. But there's always a death to death into those glories, and the death is not just something bad. Death is the old fleshly, the old desires that you have for your own life instead of having the desires of God for your life. See, we want what God desires for our life because it's a lot better than what you want. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. It's so much better. It's crazy how Jesus went through this same cycle. I mean, you think about Jesus. He comes down to the Jordan. His cousin says, there he is, baptizes him. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus as a dove and remains. In other words, he has a Holy Ghost moment to where the presence and the power does not leave him. He turns and it turns with him. And then suddenly, he gets thrown out into the wilderness to be tempted by good things. So the, and the enemy was handing him all these wonderful good things that were actually scriptural. But it wasn't the Lord. So he had to stay tuned in on his father's will instead of his own desires. See, man is not tempted by God. He is led astray through his own desires. So when Jesus was tempted, his own desires were, about to, were rising up. It says, after 40 days, he, was hung, he began to be hungry. So the enemy saw that he was hungry. In other words, one of his own desires, which would be normal, right? 40 days. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but if the enemy told me, hey, you can turn these, if you're the son of God... Listen, you're, you're anointing. You can turn these stones into bread. You're hungry, man. I went away. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. That's God. <laughs> and I would have been having me a smorgasbord of bread out there in the wilderness. He tried to get him to use his gift without presence, without the will of his father, which he could have done. 
Because that's what Satan did. Oh, you didn't get that one, did you? Because he's trying to make you like him. He does things out of the will. He's gifted, but he, tries, he does things out of the will of the Father without moving by the present. So if you start doing it that way, you're just like him. You're going to be one image or the other. You're either going to be that image and that type of will, or you're going to be the image of God where you move and have your being in him. One of them we're going to pick. It's just a choice. The bad stuff you're going to find out that's been hitting us, we're going to rejoice in. We're going to find out as we grow even deeper with, the, with Jesus, we're going to look back at all the good stuff that we ate, we're going to almost throw up because it put us in bondage. Jesus was never tempted with a bad thing. They drag an adulterer in there. Jesus, we caught her in the act. The law says you got to stone her. Man, he, you could, he could feel even the temptation of his own manlyhood. Oh my God, there are, this is the truth. He can feel wanting to go along with the attitudes of man, but he humbled himself, did not take the bait, and went toward the attitude of God to try to not only save the woman, but save everyone that had drugged that woman in there. I would have blasted those men and saved the woman. That would have been satanic. I've done that prophetically I don't know how many times. You get upset because someone else is being mistreated, so I blast the person that's mistreating the other person, and I think I did a great thing, but I actually ruined the whole thing. We got to save them all. So we got to have the heart of Jesus and do as Jesus did, walk as he walked, right? But I, wanna, I, I feel like I need to sh share this tonight especially because I'm going to paint a couple of pictures here. Turn over to Mark 4 if you don't mind. I don't want to stay too long tonight because I, I really feel like this is the core of where you you guys, a lot of you people here tonight are. I like speaking some of the things that are happening and what's going to happen in, you know, in the earth, but I always pray and ask for the Lord to give me even something special or something that he wants to show us individually or in a region. And so I'm sitting, I was sitting here praying uh, for you guys uh, while we were doing, having worship by the way, the worship's awesome. Guys, man, they did a great job. I love worship. <clears throat> Mark 4, verse 26. And he said, say, and he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow, and he himself does not know how. Say, does not know how. Have y'all ever tried to plant a seed and try to make it grow? We won't go into deliverance, but that... Um, y'all ever done that? Okay. For the earth yields crops what? If we could ever leave it alone, maybe it'd grow. 
Oh, I have done this simply in my life. And when God gave me a promise, and I, I mean, he spoke to me, gave me one promise one time, and he quoted this to me. In other words, Brad, I'm about to speak this to you. I'm about to give you a promise and a seed, but I don't want you to control it and make it happen. If you'll keep your hands off of it, it'll grow faster. Because as soon as he gave me the promise, I wanted to network and try to get all that done. Y'all, y'all ever done that? When he tell, told me I was going to prosper and I, he wanted me to start something, I was like, man, I'm going after it. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. I started calling so-and-so. And he goes, uh, it's my seed, not yours. I make it grow. And I thought, well, that's lazy. I'm being lazy, you know, being, I'm not being diligent. You know? But my diligence was being diligent to let God do it. Oh, how many control freaks are in here? Raise your hand with me. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. If you're a control freak, being diligent is keeping your hands off of it. Okay. Right? Say right. All you other people that are free, pray for us. I <laughs> will. I'll remind you of that when you call me. <laughs> for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. Isn't that strange how he, he's trying to give you the cycle He's trying to tell you when you start seeing it full of when you start seeing it spring up, let it do it itself. Don't try to hurry it. One thing in the Western world, we like to hurry things. You get a promise from God in this Western mindset, it's got to blossom now. Right? It's got to be a bit, and it, when it blossoms, it's got to be a huge event and a crescendo. Come on, it's got to be like Christmas or something. God gave me a promise I'm supposed to be a millionaire, and it takes 35 years. But your mind expects it for it to be big, and it's supposed to happen now in the next year, and it didn't happen that next year, and then you get upset, and you get sad, or, and then you start getting up. Oh, God, I, I know God gave me a promise, and they, it was even confirmed by a prophecy by so-and-so when he came in. I always get picked out, and, they, and, you, and you just go nuts. You got to give it time to grow. Fruit doesn't show immediately, does it? I'm an old country boy, and we used to have several big gardens, and I used to hide in the corn just so I wouldn't have to weed. But I remember, uh, farmers in here, but I remember planting seeds and then watering it as a little boy. And as I was watering it, I'd stand there. So I'd pour a little bit more water on it. So I pour a little more, go down the line. Nothing's going on. Mama would say, patience, son. Patience. Might want to write that down. Patience. See, when God plants a seed, He's patient. So you have to be patient with Him. Oh. 
See, even God wants it done right immediately for you because he's a good father. But we bring, much, bring forth much fruit through patience. The reason the Bible says that is because he's not trying to tell us, you got to be patient, I'm telling you what, you're doing too much in a hurry. No, he's trying to show you an attitude of God in the way he plants. And if you can get in his order, you can be patient with him and actually be able to have a relationship while the fruit's growing. This Bible didn't try to tell me a bunch of yes or no's and wrongs and this is right and that's, that's wrong. It tried to get, it's trying to tell me a facet and nature of Christ right. or God. So when he starts talking to me about this stuff, I'm seeing Jesus. Are you with me? First the blade, then the head. And after that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens immediately, say immediately. Immediately, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. All right, now turn over to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Can you imagine how patient Jesus was? Wow. I mean, can you imagine? Walking with power on you speaking major principles and mysteries of the kingdom and maybe 10% getting it. The patience. I mean, how'd you like to be Jesus and you measure your ministry when you come to the crucifixion? There was just a handful. That wouldn't work in the westernized world. Don't follow Brad. He's only got six. Can you imagine how patient Jesus was? Bob Jones used to tell me, Brad, at the end of your life, if you got five friends, you're doing really well. Amen. And man, I want to tell you what, that old man was right. Right? Yeah. I'm going to tell you where you are right now, some of you. Another parable he put forth to them. The kingdom of heaven, say the kingdom of heaven. Notice he's about to tell us what heaven is like, what true kingdom life is like, what the cycle of God is like. And he's about to show us something here. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How many of you know that you received the seed of God in your life? How many of you know that while that seed is growing, tares start coming up in your life as well? How many of you know that you listen to a voice and says, Hey, uh, I'm supposed to be a Christian, but I got this problem. I need to fix this, and I need to do that, and I need to pull this. And, and then he says, I want you to leave it alone. Because if you pull on it while it's growing, it's going to mess up the whole system. Oh, Lord. How many of us have gone, are, are having this growth period with God 
And then the tear comes up, and we're just like this servant. You start focusing on the tears instead of what the, the cycle of God, and you go toward tears, and then you ruin the presence that you're having with God. Amen. And then you start complaining. Well, I had a good moment with Jesus Christ, and, and now I've got depression. Oh, are you with me? And so you get focused on the tear just like the servant. And so the, the, the master says, hey, don't focus on all that. If you do that, you're going to rip up everything in this field. Yeah, but Brad, I, you don't know me. Oh, I know you because I've been there. And I'm still there. Because we are all growing in Christ Jesus. When a tear starts flopping around in my life, in my field, y'all ever had a tear flop around? Oh, y'all flopped around before, hadn't you? And when, you st when it starts flopping, that means I'm growing. And instead of looking at the floppy tear, I need to look at, oh my gosh, it's the kingdom of God. So the servants of the owner came and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? I gave my heart to the Lord. Why am I having this problem? Well, this will mess up something, won't it? We got to mess it up. What we've been doing ain't working. It's not working. Lately, we've been having so many people come to us and saying, Man, I've done this and I've done that and I've tried this and I've tried that. I said, I'll tell you what, we're going to keep you moving forward and let the tares grow up on their own and let the Holy Ghost take them out. Yes. Yeah. Because when you truly start manifesting, say manifesting. Yes. How many of you knows what manifesting means? That means when you get out of control on the negative side. <laughs> right? right? So when... <laughs> So when you get out of control on the negative side, that's the moment where you go, okay, Lord, here's one of those tears. It's harvest time because now it has grown to fullness to where you can rip it out. There's too many times where I've looked inside with my prophetic gift and I find something and I end up hurting myself because I rip it out while it's still young. You got to wait till the. Uh. How many of you parents know when your child is about to make a mistake, you've had to keep your mouth shut? Okay, we got true people. That's a tear because you know they've got to see it for themselves in order to learn. But when they learn, when they see it, you are there for them when it actually happens. And us being just man, can you imagine the way God feels? I love this. Because see, you're at a lull moment, some of you. Say lull. lull. You're at a lull moment. You're at a season in God to where God has planted good seed. You have even gotten promises from God. You have seen maybe shadows of it, little spurts of it. But then it's kind of gone lull. It's, you flatlined. Say, I flatlined. Flat 
and you feel like I'm dead. It's just dead. I don't know what I've done. There's got to be something wrong. I need to go to the prophetic ministry and get a word, maybe to stir it up. Or, Lord, why aren't you speaking to me right now? Why isn't the Lord speaking? Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, forgive me for my sins. And then you start going backwards in thinking about what you've done wrong in the past. Uh, I've got a generation something in my bloodline, so you try to go into the bloodline and try to figure that up. And, and the, the more you do it, it's like you get further away from what you had before. And, and it's just a cycle. And so you find yourself questioning where you are, but really you're in a season of God right now. There is a lull season in the season of God. Because when you plant a seed, it's got to grow underneath before it sprouts and shows its head. So the low moment that you're in, that you've actually been, the enemies have been at your right side saying, oh, you've just done something wrong. You, 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 you're not going to get out of this. You really need to pray. You need to get the intercessions around you, and you've got to do this. You've got to do that. Man, I've got to make something happen. God's not with me. I don't know what to do. But you don't realize you're right in his season. And everything is growing in the spirit and in you. You just can't feel it or hear it. I wish I could. I wish I could hear seed grow. I'm a control freak on that. I want to know, I want to measure it where it's at. Don't you like to measure yourself? Where am I in the Christ Jesus? And you've gone, you, you feel like you've gone dead, but you're more alive than you could ever imagine. Because you are his seed. You personally are his seed. And that seed in you has gone quiet because it's growing. Your roots are getting deep. Well, they don't feel like it. They're not supposed to feel like it. You're never supposed to go by feeling during lull. Anybody with me? It's just quiet. It's because you're growing. You need to write it down so you can remember it when after I leave. I'm growing. It's quiet because I'm growing. Things will start manifesting this coming year, but it's not even close to what you will be. It's not even close to what will happen. But when you do start, when you come out of the lull moment and you start seeing a little bit of fruit, remember the lull moment that got you there. Because what will happen is you will, you, will sprout fruit, you will sprout fruit for a season. It will grow seeds of, of holiness. It will grow seeds of prophetic words. It will grow seeds of promises that you will plant back into that realm of the Spirit. And you'll have to go through the cycle again. But then it sprouts even bigger. But most of the time, us Christians, we don't understand that seasons of kingdom. And so we find ourselves wanting to leave the field when there's a low moment. It even happens in jobs, doesn't it? Oh, come on. Have you ever taken a job and you go through a low moment? You go, yeah, no, I don't think it's God for me to be here. <laughs> and just around the corner, you're, getting, you're about to get a $20,000 raise and you jump ship. I've done this. Listen, I've done this. I don't know how many times. I remember being a, a, a member of a church 
Back in my younger days, and I was there for seven years serving just day and night, just, I mean, literally just serving all the time. And there were about three years down the road and four years, I just got to where I was sick of it. And I just started hearing this, well, I just, you know, I think the grace is running out. I need to pray and fast. And I went and prayed and fast, thank God. And the Lord says, you're not leaving. You're growing here. What you're feeling is growing pains. Was I irritated? Yes. Did I want to jump ship? Yes. We've all been there. Whether you've been in a job, whether you've been in, I've been in the jobs. I've owned my own company. I've owned my own businesses. There's certain places during when you're an owner, you go through a law moment. And then if you're an owner, you want to do something about it. Man, we got to do some more advertising and get it on the website. And you just throw up trying to get that thing going. Is this helping anybody or am I speaking to the wall? Even some of you right now that aren't even close to the Lord, you're, you're at a low movement. You're at that place of quietness because you're about to grow. Because there's no cult in God. Everybody's the same with Jesus. If you're sitting there criticizing you or criticizing even me while you're sitting here, those are growing pains. I'm being serious. It's awesome. You watch. You watch this next year. Just don't watch your life. You watch how everyone starts getting blessed across the... Muslims, you name it, they're going to get blessed because God is trying to draw everyone into his kingdom. We're just at low moment. I'm speaking it by faith. He said, an enemy has done this, and the servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? What did he say? What's that in redneck term? You want us to do something about it? Because I can. You want to do something about it? Let's go over there and get them. Over there. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a Louisiana redneck, not a Texan. But, say but. So their, their minds is kind of going nuts. I need to do something about this moment. Close your eyes with me and listen to that. I need to do something about this moment. Who's controlling that? Is it the master or is it the enemy? I need to do something about it. And the master knows the plan. Because the master is the king of the seed. And he says to them, no. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. In other words, if you do something right now, you're going to interrupt what I'm doing. Amen. So he says, let both grow up together until the harvest. Until the what? Until the what? Oh, man, that's hope right there. That's hope. Because there is a time and season where it all culminates, and then he cuts it off. 
And you're left with nothing but wonderful seed of God. And he sends angels. Say angels. He sends angels to gather the tares. In other words, he allows the Spirit of God to gather them, not man. Mary, don't touch me. In other words, don't control what God's doing right now. You can't touch me right now. It's like ripping up a tear. It's like taking, it's like taking control of what he's doing. Don't touch me right now. I'll be back. Yes. Don't handle this wheat right now. It's harvest time for my life. And he was going up. What a wonderful moment. Because all you're going to do is go up. But the way it keeps you down, if you get the mentality of the servant to try to do something and you start focusing on the negative tears or everything that's going on around you, the shaking and the stuff that's not quite right, you've got to do something about it. If you start focusing on that, what happens, it interrupts what God has planted in you. And then it takes a delay and you have to come back around that mountain just like the children of Israel. I don't want to go around that mountain. So if we can understand this times and seasons of the Lord, when this stuff starts to hit, you go, I'm at a low moment. And you're actually able to laugh and worship and cry and have a great time because you know that you're still in the hands of God. He said this, I didn't. He said the kingdom of heaven's like this. Read it. In other words, uh, heaven, uh, we did this first. I sowed good seed in my own heaven, in my own field. And the enemy came and sowed bad seed. And all the angels came to me and said, uh, uh, Lucifer and all them folk down here, uh, they're, re they're rebels. You want us to go take them out? No, leave them alone. Can you imagine being an angel? Can you imagine having to look there and look at your, the master because you have no understanding and you're having to trust the way he does it instead of the way you do it? But wouldn't you like to get to that place where you, you're in dead trust with God? With your whole life. Let both grow up together until what? Until what? Harvest time. And at the time of harvest, say the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares. Gather together what? Oh, in other words, if you'll just go through the law. Thank you. And just count it all joy. God will come. Say, God will come. He will take away all the tares and leave you with what? Oh, my Lord. And there's no telling how many times I harvested for him, and I kept seed and tares. But if this time around, if we can let God come in, because we understand the seasons, we're going to have a Holy Ghost moment. 
We're going to have a true harvest moment. If we can even understand this with walking with people. Because I want to change them now. Because I'm prophetic. There's no telling how many people I'm attached to right now where I want to come in with my sickle blade and... And say, let's get that tear out. But it would hurt them, wouldn't it? I've tried to tell somebody what they have, which they did have, but they didn't know they had it because it hadn't grown up yet. We've all done it. You just don't see your blind spots. I'm just the Holy Ghost for you right now. But the Holy Ghost doesn't even do that. He even waits until a time of harvest. He is the most sensitive person we could ever walk with. Because it's the Holy Ghost speaking this. Oh man, gather the tares. I love that. Do that first. And bind them in bundles to what? Burn. Say burn. burn. When you, you, did you know everything can burn? Have you ever studied it? Anything can burn. You put it, get it hot enough, it can burn. Let me let that settle. In other words, it doesn't matter how hard your issue is. It doesn't matter if it's like steel or titanium or gold or silver. When God brings it and when he bundles it up, and he burns it, that means after it's over, there is no more. It's over. The reason I've had tares kept in my life is because I tried to harvest before it's time. Uh, Y'all ever try to cut a weed? And you go, I got that thing. And then it comes up the next morning with seeds in it. You basically just pruned it so it could grow more. Oh, you. <laughs> but see, when God does it, he waits, pulls it up. It's harvest time. Then he burns the thing to where you can no longer even recognize it. And it no longer be you that live. It'd be Christ in you that lives. So he burns it. Say burns. He binds them. He said what? He what? He binds them. Say what? Binds them. In other words, he binds it. How many times have you bound it? First gather together tears and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into what? Mm. You're the barn. You're his temple. There ain't going to be nothing left but God. If we can just let him do it this season. And I was sitting here tonight just to tell you. I'm sorry I went into all the details, but there's a lot more. But I, can't, I came here, I feel like, tonight to tell those that are 
in the lull season or you feel like you're in dead mode or you feel like God's not close or whatever it may be, you know where you are in that flatline season, I want to tell you, you are right in the middle of the kingdom of God and your purpose. There was anybody that went through a terrible lull season was Jesus during the crucifixion. Talk about look, looking deathly. But he let God do it. He trusted him. And what was left after it was over was nothing but God. Jesus Christ. And when he rose, others rose with him. Oh, there was a lot of seed in the ground that had been growing underneath. And when he rose, they all rose. This is your season. This year you'll see a blade. Some of you, some of this, this year, you'll see a head, and then some of you will see grain and f full grain. But we're all in this boat together. We're all in this season. Some of you may be in a lull season because you're in that season of the kingdom. And some of us may be in a grain and harvest, wonderful things going on. We're the ones that are supposed to sustain you during the lull season. Instead of going, I'm being blessed, and you're not. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes. <laughs> no, that's when we take what we've got and help sustain you as you're growing. Because we will need you, because there will be a time where we flatline and go through that season, and we'll need you when you start flourishing. It's all God's cycle. Jesus just didn't choose his disciples just because he had to. He needed them. He needed their encouragement just as much as they needed his. He needed their companionship just as much as they needed his. That's the way he made everything. He made it through companionship. He didn't do anything just on his own. He said, let us create man. It was always relationship there. So if you're in a dead zone, <laughs> or if you feel like the enemy has been tormenting your mind, making you play like something's wrong with you, and you've gotten all this weirdness going on, I want you to stand up and come up here.